0: Welcome Willow Park Church to Live Lounge and wherever you're watching around the world we are so blessed and glad that you've decided to join us for this next hour as we focus on Jesus and all the good things that he's given us and our prayer is as you'll experience the presence of God throughout our time together. We have a lovely story from Courtney a little bit later on, we have Willow One News and we have worship with Chris and the Pursuit Band and of course Pastor Phil will be sharing a message uh, with us from Galatians. On Monday night, we want to highlight to you, and we're really praying that you'll be able to join us for Willow One Prayer. And it starts at 7 o'clock, and we'll be uh, joining with the other campus pastors as we spend time praying for our city and our country. We want to spend some time, just before we do anything else, just remembering and thinking about all the events that have been happening in Nova Scotia. And uh, our hearts go out to everybody that is affected. And we're so glad that we can find hope in God in the midst of this confusion and so many questions. So I'm going to pray uh, in just a second. And our prayer is that even though we have big questions, we have a big God who, who can actually listen to our prayers and, and, and react to our prayers. And we believe that prayer changes lives. Even though our questions may not get answered in the way that we hope, we can find hope in Him. And Jesus promised that if we pray together, that that prayer truly changes lives. And that's our heart and our prayer for Nova Scotia this week. So I wonder whether you'd join me now, wherever you are, in just maybe closing your eyes. Let's spend a few minutes just quietly placing our attention upon Jesus and asking Him to come alongside the wonderful people of Nova Scotia and everybody who's been affected Let's pray. Father, we, uh, we bow our heads now in Jesus' name. Lord, thankful that God that you gave us instruction to pray because you know, Lord, how effective prayer is and how powerful it is. And Father, I pray just in this moment now that we just sense your presence. And that, Lord, we think about our brothers and sisters and friends and maybe family members in, in Nova Scotia, Lord just this horrible, horrible event. Lord, I pray that even in the midst of confusion and anger and hurt and pain and mourning, that, Lord, in the midst of this darkness, that your light would shine. That, Father, you'd give great great clarity to those who are doing the investigation. And, Lord, I pray you would give wisdom to all the people in the care services, Lord, as they come alongside those that have been affected. God, we pray your light would shine in the midst of this darkness, that even in the midst of this, Lord, that that somehow people would be able to get closer to you and sense your presence and sense your comfort. Thank you, Jesus, that your word says that you comfort and that you feel sorrow. And that, Lord, that you know that pain, you know what it feels like for all those people and God, that you know best how to serve them, how to care for them. So, Lord, we also now pray for the rest of our time together in Live Lounge. Lord, we pray that uh, as we place our attention upon you, that, Lord, that you would be blessed. That, Lord, that we'd be encouraged and maybe challenged. And that, Lord, that you truly will be lifted up. And I'm thankful, Lord, your word says that as we lift you up, Jesus, that you will draw men and women and children to yourself. That's our hope. That's our anticipation. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So now we're going to go over to Courtney and she's going to share Willow One news for this week. God bless.
1: Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Thank you for joining our live lounge today. And here is your family news. We have exciting news for our Pursuit community. Instead of meeting at our usual gathering, we invite you to join us Sundays at 7 p.m. on Instagram Live where Pastor Joel and his guests will discuss the most interesting, hot topics. This week's special guest is Terrence Richman, a talented hip-hop artist and church planter. You won't want to miss it. Follow at Pursuit Family on Instagram so you can be notified when we go live. There's nothing more important in the life of the church than taking time to pray together, and that's especially true right now. We ask you to join us for Willow One Prayer this Monday night at 7 p.m. right here at Church Online for a time of prayer and seeking God's face for our families, our church, our city, and our world. Pastor Phil has just released a new online course called Contemplating Our Way Through COVID-19. This focuses on Christian meditation and the power of scripture and the difference it can make in your life as you try to overcome difficult circumstances. Visit our website to sign up. If you love to sing, you won't want to miss our upcoming hymn sing with Pastor Curtis. It's happening right here on Church Online on Saturday, May 2nd at 10 a.m. This year's BCMB conference is happening this Friday, May 1st at 7 p.m. If you would like to attend, please email Pastor Phil at info at info@willowparkchurch.com, and he will send you all of the details. We know that during this time, it's still important to stay connected as a church family. That's why each of our campuses have online programs happening each week, including Bible studies, prayer, coffee hangouts, pub style quiz nights, and more. Be sure to visit our website for all of the details on how to join in. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service.
2: There is so much happening at Willow Park Church right now, and I'm so excited that God calls us to be a part of his church. He calls us to be more than conquerors. That's what Paul says to the Romans. They were going through so much, and and Paul invites them to be active participants, to actually be the ones that create change in their world, to be the ones that are the very hands and feet of God. That's such a cool opportunity that we have. And right downtown, right now, Jeff uh, and the Metro team are doing some great things. Jordan is going to tell us all about that right now.
3: Welcome to Episode 3 of Willow Park Interviews Missionaries While We Are in Self-Isolation. That's right, Willow Park Interviews Missionaries While We Are in Self-Isolation. This week we have a missionary, but a local missionary who is a pastor at Metro. So we have Jeff Simla with us today and uh really pleased to jo- be joined by him and so Jeff tell us what you're up to tell us what you're doing and uh, what's God been up to.
4: Yeah well Jordan it's great to uh, be able to share a little bit what's going on down at Metro these days. Metro is a church that is called to the downtown to work with the, the, the vulnerable and the marginalized within our city. Uh, we've been a fairly nomadic church. So we gather on Sundays at the French cultural center on Bernard. Mm-hmm. And then during the weekdays, we have a drop in space that was formerly on water street and has now uh, been relocated to St. Paul. And so that's a daytime space that, uh, those that are experiencing homelessness that are uh, isolated, uh, living rough can come in in the morning time Uh, access services, uh, grab a coffee, build relationship, uh, connect with others, use a computer, do some laundry. And so that's kind of been the ministry piece in the downtown uh, for several years now. With the COVID situation, uh, we've had to change the drop-in space now and we hand out food through the gates in the morning. And so from 8.30 till about 10.30 in the morning, uh, we've been doing the breakfast through there. Right behind us as well, Jordan, adjacent to the uh, St. Paul building is the Ellis building, and people would know it as the food bank, the former food bank location. And so we've been trying to get that uh, renovated now for several months. And uh, it just seems like God's plan is a little bit different than, than what we have. So we've been kind of revisiting that. And uh, coming into the wintertime, <clears throat> the situation in the downtown got worse. There were more uh, people experiencing homelessness than the city had anticipated, And so they were looking for space, space for for the marginalized to be able to stay uh, through the cold weather. Uh, We were able to put together a short-term shelter uh, in that space. And so God's timing in that has been uh, pretty amazing. And then as uh, the the COVID approached and and it wasn't safe to have that many people in one space, uh, we were talking about options. How do we use this building now uh, to to bless those that, that are finding themselves living rough? And, uh, what was, what was identified was the need for, uh, hygiene. So in the area of, uh, showers, laundry, or laundry service and clothing, free clothing. And so that place has been renovated quickly. It got shut down as a shelter and in four days it reopened as a hygiene center.
3: There's lots going on there, obviously. Mm. Um, did, can you tell us a little bit about what God has been impressing on your heart through this time?
4: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Jordan. I think when I stop and really reflect on that, the biggest thing that really comes to mind, I think, is just his timing is, has been amazing and, and the way doors open. And when he's behind it, uh, things happen quite, I, was, I wouldn't say easily, but it just it comes together, like how quickly um, the shelter came together and how quickly the hygiene centre came together. And even some of the pieces around the building, and uh, the renovations that we've gone through, God's faithfulness in uh, supplying our needs. like He is our provider, and uh, he has provided faithfully uh, through our journey uh, in this ministry in the downtown. And so I think that, when I really reflect on it, that's what I'm feeling uh, the fullest in my heart. I love the unity and support within the church body as well. Willow Park has been an amazing support. Uh, some of the other churches as well have stepped up and, and come alongside us as well and said, hey, we know you guys can't do this without the support of the, of the church body as well. And, and we know that ourselves. And so to, to be able to do the ministry that we do, we rely on, you know, corporate donors. We rely on uh, other churches uh, for not just resources, but, uh, you know, when we put out the call for uh, clothing and things like that, when we put out the call for food supplies, uh, we see so many people just wanting to step up. You know the challenges is to manage the volunteers especially during this time right now is that you don't want to put too many people at risk uh, as well but uh, i really see god moving in our community and uh, again the relationship with the city of Kelowna relationship with the journey home bc housing and a lot of the social agencies the frontline workers that are dealing with the street level community the ones that are in uh, the struggles with addiction uh, the ones that are uh, in the struggles Uh, you know with being marginalized for mental health uh, who have come through horrific uh, situations such as abuse you know the stories that we get to share in down there are, are incredible and it changes your heart and it's
3: changed my heart it's it's messed me up over the years for sure so practically you guys have been doing breakfast what does that look like and how can we help you So
4: typically in the morning right now, uh, a lot of individuals now that have been displaced from some of the shelters as as they have been reducing numbers, and after we closed the welcome-in shelter, those individuals are now forced to go out and camp, which we felt was safer for them to be sort of separated that way. And so right down from us at Rec Ave is is the the camp facility, the tent facility. And so that gets broken up in the mornings right now, and they're asked to move on by around 8 or 9 o'clock. And, you know, the food service providers like the Gospel Mission, the Salvation Army have been amazing. Uh, and, the, and the Gospel Mission has been down there in the mornings giving breakfast on around 7 to 7.30. Uh, but a lot of people miss that. A lot of people are camping in outlying areas as well. And so when they make their way over to the hygiene center for laundry, for showers, uh, for clothing, a lot of them haven't eaten. And so they're coming, and we're serving through the gate next to Metro Central now uh, from 8.30 till 10.30 uh, breakfast. So we're handing out bag sandwiches. We're handing out hot oatmeal. We're handing out uh, coffees, hot chocolate, things like that, so people can take with them or they can have them right away. And so we're seeing 50 to some some days up to 80 people coming by the gates there just for food. And there's been a, a number of people using the hygiene center as
3: well. And how else can we help you, you know, just prayer, support? Prayer, support, for sure. Yeah.
4: Just, again, for the frontline workers that we have at the Hygiene Center, for those that are working within Metro Central, and for the street-level community as well. Just God's favor over that community right now, uh, that they would be protected. Um, You know, this virus isn't selective. You know, it, it affects everyone. And so, you know, just continuing to pray daily uh, for the protection for the street-level community and those that are living marginalized and rough right now and those that are living in tight quarters as well, you know, that, that, uh, that this doesn't
3: get worse than it, than it could. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you so much for letting us, letting us in a little bit on what's happening at Metro, and uh, we want to support you. It's been great to be able to do these missionary missionary interviews over the last few weeks and this week was fun because we got to see what we can do here in Kelowna. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be starting to open up ways that we as a church can start to help support people in our community. And the first thing that we're going to be doing is we're going to be supporting Jeff and Metro with their breakfast program. So as you can imagine, if you have seven days a week, 50 to 80 people a day. That is a lot of breakfasts to be served. So what we want to do as Willow Park is we want to have a donation drive for some of the items that they have. And what we're going to do is open up Wednesday morning from 10 a.m. till noon and Thursday morning from 10 a.m. to noon the main doors at the back of the building, Um, we're going to have a drop-off point for people to bring items of need for their breakfast. So here's a rundown of items. We have um, a need for coffee, MJB coffee. As you can see, this is straight off the shelf, MJB coffee. That's what they need, those big tins. They also need disposable coffee cups to drink those uh, coffees in. Now, this is not a disposable coffee cup. This is a cat coffee cup. Do not bring a whole bunch of cat coffee cups unless they're disposable. But disposable coffee cups are key. We also need plastic spoons, paper napkins, instant oatmeal. We're talking instant oatmeal. None of this two or three minute oatmeal. Instant oatmeal. So we need that. We also need, as you can see behind me, jam. We need jam for peanut butter and jam. And what goes good with peanut butter and jam? The jam side? peanut butter. So we need peanut butter. So if you could bring peanut butter and jam to the church Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. to noon. Thursday morning, 10 a.m. to noon. Drop it off. We will safely wipe everything down. Social distancing galore. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fabulous. We're going to start to give back to this community. So hope to see you then. God bless you. Bye-bye.
2: All right. Thank you, Jordan, for the longest interview in Willow Park Church history. It's so exciting that we actually get to do something tangible during this time. There's no time in our lives that are just waste. Isaiah says that God makes beauty out of our ashes, that he takes our time that seemed to be wasted and does something wonderful. Sometimes when I look at the life of Paul, I think there's so much waste in his life. He spent so many years in prison This is the guy who would raise people from the dead by laying on them. Everywhere he went, people got healed. Everywhere he went, there was revival. And then he got thrown in jail for lots of his ministry. And it seems like such a waste. And as we read his letters, we recognize that that he wrote Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians from prison. That he probably never would have stopped and just taken stock. And spent time to write these letters had he not been in prison, that this prison time was just as fruitful as his time outside of prison. He wrote a letter to his friend Philemon, which was really important. And God slowed him down for something different in his life. And I really believe that that's what he's doing right now in the church, is that he's slowing us down. He is saying, "I have something different for you. It's not waste." And he's inviting us into something beautiful. He takes our ashes and makes beauty. We're gonna worship now, and I invite you to just take stock about what God might have for you right now in this season. It's important and it's beautiful. Would you pray with me? So, Father, God, we trust you. You're the good shepherd. You make us lay down. God, by streams and in beautiful fields and God, it feels like you're making us lay down right now. God, I pray that we would take stock, God, that we would see what you're doing. God, that it would be more effective, that you'd sharpen us. Father, we worship you now, God. We pray that your spirit would come and inform us, God, and lead us. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God from
5: whom all blessings flow. So
6: we thank you we praise you today for all that you've done for us for all that you continue to do for us God our hope lies in you alone and I trust in you completely God would you teach us just to to wake up every morning and declare that worthy is the lamb who was slain for us for our freedom We love you. Open the eyes of my heart. And I want to see you. And I want to see you. See you high. See you high and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power window as we sing. Open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you. Yes, I do. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you. I want to see you. Pour out your power in love, oh God, as we sing, holy, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, holy, 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 and holy, 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 as you are holy. That one.
7: church family in just a moment here we're going to take communion together so i invite you to go grab your elements uh, as i i'm just going to share something real quick as you go and you grab those uh, your bread and your wine or your juice whatever it is Um, if you want to open with me to first corinthians 10 verses 16 to 17 here paul is speaking to the church in corinthians and he asks them this Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks our participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break our participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we, who are many, are one body. For we all partake of the one loaf. As I was reflecting on communion here, um, I began to think about oneness with Christ. And it reminded me that even though we can't meet on Sundays that it doesn't change the fact that we are still the church because we are now one with Him. Even though we are individuals who make up the church, we now have this oneness because of the body of Christ. And so even though we might feel like, oh, it's just different doing it in our homes, just we be reminded that as we do it together, we're one with Christ. We're the church. And when His body was broken and when He had His blood poured out, And they thought they defeated him and it was over. He rose again. And his spirit now went out amongst everyone. And his church grew. So it reminds me, that even though we can't gather on Sundays, and as I look at this communion, I'm like, his church can grow. His spirit can move. He's not hindered. And so... As we partake together, I just want to invite you to reflect. Let's take 30 seconds and let's ask God, ask Christ, where are my desires at? Where's my heart at? Let's examine ourselves before we come to the table. invite you to grab your bread. Let's partake together. This is his body, broken for us. Let's partake. This is his blood poured out for us to cover our sins, to make them white as snow. Let's partake. Heavenly Father, we're reminded as we take communion that we are one with you that even though we might feel separate from each other in this moment, as we partake with you, we're reminded that we are your church because of your spirit within us. That even though the doors are shut on the building, that doesn't mean you are shut out, Jesus. That you are alive and you are well. And Lord, we are one with the holy living God. And so... Let's be reminded of what you've done on the cross for us as we move forward, Christ. In your name we pray. Amen.
8: Of goodness of God. yeah Of the goodness of God
0: Amen What a beautiful song to end worship with Talking about the goodness of God And he truly is good He's given us so many things to enjoy in this beautiful world and he's given us so many things to actually give back and be generous to others with. And we're going to hear a story in just a second about that from Courtney for the kids. Before we get there, I just want to say thank you again to everybody who is generously giving to the church throughout what can be a really challenging time. And again, I just want to remind you that for many of you, you've been giving regularly for many, many years, putting a check into the offering bag or some cash in the offering bag. And of course, we're not able to do that right now because we're just not gathering together. And I know that many of you have been dropping those checks off at the office and and we're so grateful because as you give to the church, we're able to bless and generously give to our city, to our province, uh, to our country and to our world. And so you're going to hear in just a second after Courtney, Pastor Phil talking about generosity, and so we're really conscious of that this morning. But if you do want to set up like on auto debit, or if you want to continue to give regularly without dropping the check off, you can do that by clicking on the button that's appearing now in in the chat room, and also you can click give at the top of the screen there as well. We're so thankful for your generosity. You're cheerfully and sacrificially giving in difficult times. So now I'm going to hand over to Courtney and she's going to share this wonderful story about the widow's mite.
1: Thanks, Pastor Glenn. Hello, everyone. Hi, kids. We miss you so much. I hope that everything that you're doing at home, your online school and hanging out at home with your family is going well. Just wanted to let you know that we miss you so much and I'm so glad that I can be here to read you a story. Today, we have a story called The widow's coins. Here we go. Jesus and his friends went to the temple. There was a line of people waiting to give their offering. They dropped their coins into a hole in the temple wall, and the coins clattered into a money box below. Come and stand by the wall, said Jesus to his friends. I have some sums for you. If you listen closely, you can hear how many coins each person has given. Let's see who gives the most. The first person was a merchant. He looked very rich indeed. And as he dropped in the coins, Jesus's friends counted them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Ten coins, said Jesus's friends. Not bad, but I bet someone will do better. And soon someone did. The next man was a lawyer. He was dressed even better than the merchant. And Jesus' friends had to count more quickly as the coins went clattering down. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen, twenty! Twenty coins, said another of Jesus' friends, twice as many as the first man. And then a third man walked up to the money box. He was the richest of them all, and one of the religious leaders. "'Watch out for this one,' Jesus whispered. "'The religious leaders like to send their coins rattling into the hole just as loudly as they can, so that people will be impressed with what they give.'" And sure enough, that's exactly what he did. The religious leader reached into his money bag and scooped up a handful of coins— He looked around, making sure everyone could see, and poured the coins into the hole with a flourish. They rattled down so quickly that Jesus' friends could hardly count them. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty, thirty-five, forty. We give up, cried Jesus' friends. But at least we know the answer to your question. No one is going to give more than that man. And they turned to walk away. Wait just a minute, said Jesus. There's one more person waiting. It was an old woman, a widow dressed in mourning. She pulled two tiny coins out of her purse. I wish I could give more, she whispered, but this is all I have. And she dropped the coins, one, two, into the hole. Jesus looked at his friends. Anyone want to change their answer? He asked, "No," said Jesus's friends, "the third man gave the most." "Really?" Jesus grinned. "But what about the woman?" "The woman," his friends chuckled, "the woman only put in two coins. We can count, you know." "I know," said Jesus, "but those were the only two coins she had. The others put in more coins, that's true, but they had plenty more in their pockets." And in their money boxes back home, the woman, however, gave everything she had. Don't you see? It all adds up. The woman dropped in the fewest coins, but in the end, she gave the most of all. Thank you for listening to my story today. We're going to hear from Pastor Phil in a minute about generosity And if you haven't seen it already, you can head to our Facebook page and watch Kids Church about prayer today. Thank you guys so much. I hope that you have a great week. Goodbye.
9: Thank you, Courtney, for a great story. I know so many of you love the way Courtney tells the story, interacts. I've had texts and emails about how they love the children's spot and how God ministers to you through these great stories as we uh, share with our children. Well, here we are again. And of course, we continue forward in the COVID-19 crisis. uh, But we know that God is with us. I even... okay. Made it down to uh, Costco. Hadn't been down there for six weeks. And I said to Michelle, she said, we really need to a Costco shop. I said, I know. We haven't been for six weeks. And I was sort of trying to find out from Costco workers that come to our church. You know who you are. You know the best time. And they're giving you this secret information. So I thought, it's going to rain around four o'clock on Thursday. That's when we'll go. The Canadians hate the rain. The colonians, they hate the rain. We'll arrive there and we'll just get there and we'll be in in minutes. So we arrived, started to rain. And what happened? Loads of people there. My plan didn't work. And I was looking around and what did I hear? Nothing but Scottish, English accents, Europeans who had thought the same. And I was suddenly surrounded by people from weird places like Lancashire. And if you're from Lancashire, you know what I'm talking about. And, and so my plan failed. And there I was, freezing to death, 50 minutes, got into Costco, <sighs> like the promised land. A little bit disappointed, of course, that there were no free meals or anything like that. But that's, that's the problem with COVID-19. And we did our shopping, never bought so much stuff in all my life. Spent a fortune Uh, Honestly, I don't know what I'm going to do to pay for it. Maybe sell the dog or the cat. We have a cat now. So... But I want to carry on Galatians. The thing is about talking through Galatians and engaging in this is that you can't skirt the issue when you're teaching the Bible systematically. I do like topical preaching. I like a big topic, I like a big theme, an epic theme. I love to preach on forgiveness. I love to preach on courage, themes. But I deeply appreciate our tradition as MBs that we love systematic Bible teaching. And we've taught our way through Galatians. So suddenly I'm in Galatians chapter 6, verse 6. And I'm looking at this going, oh, wow. This is quite an interesting verse. Because I've got to talk to you in these next few minutes about giving. Now you would have thought that somebody would have planned this. And God did. But it's about giving. It's about generosity. Even the German reformer, priest, gruff theologian who would take his thesis and pin it to the great door of the ancient church there in Germany didn't like in his commentary this verse. Why? Because he was afraid that people would see The pastors as greedy. Yeah, greedy. He was Martin Luther, the great reformer. After 1,500 years of certain churchmanship brought massive change to the world of church. And he did not really like this verse. Because he was worried it would be misinterpreted. So let me read it to you. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction... Who's that? That's the congregation. That's the people that are part of the church. In the word should share all good things with their instructor. Even the apostle Paul, even the apostle Paul, as he, as he explains these things, is using quite lofty theological terms. I'm not saying the apostle skirting in the issue, but he's speaking about the issue of money. He's talking about those who receive instruction. Why doesn't he just say those that receive the preaching and the ministry and the work of the local church should share good things, finances, and support good things. These are good things. Now, there could be other good things. I know that when um, pastors have pastored on the prairies, they've had good things given to them, like chickens and, and vegetables and these kind of things, good things. But really, he's talking about keeping the church going, keeping the church moving, good things with their instructor. He calls the ministries of the church the pastor, the instructor, you say. You can see why Martin Luther didn't like it. So what the Apostle Paul is saying here, he's really saying this. That carry each other's burdens, carry the load. But remember, it is in your interest, church in Galatia, To activate and support the ministry of the local church. Don't let it die because it is for your benefit. Not only is it for your benefit, but it will have an effect now, immeasurable, and an effect in eternity And the way that you are generous, and the way that you give, and the way that you support. Now you remember the story of the church in Galatia. There's all these problems. There's all of this teaching of extreme religiousness. All of these issues that are there to do with religion and Judaism. And yet, and yet, what he's actually saying is with all the mess of the church... And with the crazy free living people in the church as well. Those that are saying, oh, you can do what you want. You can can sin because of the grace of Jesus. The extremes of the congregations in Galatia. Paul is still saying, keep the church going because I believe in the church. Keep giving, keep supporting. Even deny yourself and sacrificially give because it's important to keep the church moving. C.S. Lewis, in one of his very famous uh, essays, spoke about that when he read the New uh, Testament, he realized very quickly that the New Testament is full of self-denial and sacrifice. But it does not stop, he wrote, at self-denial. Because self denial and sacrifice, he wrote, always results in great blessings, in something eternal, in something remarkable, in something amazing. And so, what principles are being communicated in these verses to follow is that our willingness to show self denial, to show And give, sacrificially, results in a blessing that is either here and now, we see it happening, but definitely a blessing that affects eternity, you see. So let me explain this and stick with me because I think you can understand what I'm saying. Verse 7 says, do not be deceived. So he's explained that we should keep the ministry of the church going in Galatia. He doesn't want to see the ministry die. He wants to see Turkey one for Christ. But do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. In other words, the way that you live and the way that you act and the way that you give and the way that you sow and reap, God sees it all. You can't mock God. I mean, come on. He's the creator of heaven and earth. He's the God of all things. We can't mock him, can we? We can't. But he says, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. This is the law. We've talked a lot about laws. Laws. We've talked about the law of the Jewish law, which doesn't bring salvation, but was a, an example of and a way that led us to the coming of Jesus. We've talked about the law of love. We've talked about the law of the fruits of the Spirit. And now he's talking about the law of sowing and reaping. I was talking this through with my... Um, Care group on Zoom. Zoom is so awesome, but so distracting. I'm the worst on Zoom. I'm always creating problems. I'm always mishearing people. I'm always making mistakes. Michelle is nudging me on the screen. You know, there's there's 30 people on there, and I'm saying, "How you doing? What about this? That's good." And then I say something and, and she's nudging me. It's, you know, it's just... Uh, but we did talk about this um, this verse in my group that I lead called The Table. And if you're not connecting in, joining on The Table, it's really going so well. But there are loads of groups, about 16 groups running at the moment online in Willow Park Church. But, but as one of... Um, the elderly gentleman, who had obviously had experience with his gardens and farmed, and there was a lot of talk about sowing and reaping, he said, well, you know, it'd be a bit strange that if I, if I plant potatoes and I grow corn, what you sow is what you reap. That's the way it works. If I sow carrots and I get onions, you know there's something weird going on. That's a bit sci-fi, isn't it? It's true, though. It's the law of sowing and reaping. If you sow goodness, if you sow kindness, if you give financially with our money towards something that is spiritual like the church, what Paul is saying is you will see the benefits now, but also in eternity. You, What you're doing counts. You can't mock God. You can't deceive God. God sees your heart. He sees the way that you give generously. It's the law of sowing and reaping. It's like the law of gravity, right? We know about the law of gravity. I was chopping wood the other day and I built this massive stack and a big lump of wood fell right on my toe. And ah, I screamed out. It came out my mouth. Ah, Praise you, Jesus. That moment, yes. But we know, look at this, one of these strange little things that we've got around the live lounge. The law of gravity. Here we have this. But when I throw it up and drop it, the law of gravity brings it down. It's a law. And there's a law of sowing and reaping. That when we sow a seed, well a seed not this big, I don't know if there is a seed this big, but we can sow the tiniest of seeds, that goes into the ground and it can reap a massive harvest. That's why I love planting corn. Apart from the fact that I love lashings of butter on it after it's cooked, it's beautiful. But, you know, you plant a little corn seed and then you get all these cobs, all this corn. It's remarkable. It's the law of sowing and reaping. There we go. I better put this down. The law of gravity. And so what a man reaps, he sows. But what are you sowing? Well, are you sowing something ugly? because we can all sow selfishness we can also anger we can also resentment we can also really negative things selfishness i want to keep it i don't want to be generous and paul is saying under the law of sowing and reaping you give to the lord you're, you don't know what that's going to do. The difference it makes. The souls that the saved. The difference that it makes within children's lives, with ministry, in youth lives, in camps. The difference it makes in teaching and equipping, in the mission of the church to be evangelistic. To plant churches, to move out, to keep the beautiful church moving. We have to be willing to sow. To give. These are Paul's points. Whoever sows to please the flesh. The ugly things. From the flesh you will reap destruction. Destruction. We can, we can see that. You know when a man has lived his life. With resentment. With anger. With selfishness. You can see the harvest that he's brought in. You can see the fact that his kids don't talk to him. Broken relationships. Life is tough. What we sow is what we reap. And so if we sow ugly things, we'll grow ugly things. We'll grow nettles. We'll grow things that hurt us. Poison ivy. I remember I went for a walk with Michelle, and we we were going up um, in one of the big hills, and we th- we actually thought we'd walked through a big bush of poison ivory ivy, and it was all over us. And so we were trying to get it down and brush it down. I thought, oh no! And I've had this before in California when I went trail running, and the itching and the pain and the agony. And we got down to the lake, and we. Um, We we stripped off and we jumped into the water and washed down too much information, I know. But you know what I'm saying? Because that poison ivy is ugly. It hurts. It's with you. And I then read the articles about it. Yuck. What you sow, you reap. If you sow poison, you'll get poison ivy. You'll get it. If you sow thistles, you'll get thistles. If you sow ugly things, but if you sow generosity and goodness, that is what you will get. If you sow by the Spirit, what does it mean to sow in the Spirit? You'll reap eternal life. You can't deny that the way that we give now, somehow in this theological discourse, affects eternity and affects at the end Of eternity. What we do now has an eternal effect as well. Our generosity, our giving, our willingness to give. Let us not become weary in doing good. In other words, verse 9 says, Persevere, keep going, die to yourself, resist the philosophies and the temptations of the world, don't get weary, be Do good things. Be generous. We talked about Metro. And thanks, Jeff, for being on the Live Lounge, talking about Metro. Of course, we planted Metro from Willow Park Church. It was part of our sowing. We sowed into that. And today, people are still getting fed because of what we sowed into the downtown area 10 years ago now and and Jeff and the team and Graham and the team are driving the church forward and believing God for good things and we can do, make a little difference. We planted a church there and now it is its own church and now we can get tubs of peanut butter and jam and coffee and help out in a very practical way. It's amazing. What we sow is what we reap. But it takes perseverance. It takes our ability to say no to the world. To die to self. To believe that tithing and giving makes a difference. And to believe that in this church, we believe that the ministry is worth it. Let's not become weary in doing good. There is a a point where, what's the point? What's the point of giving to the church? What's the point? I would not be here today if a church didn't exist in my hometown. Small church at that time, 150 people. And if they hadn't come down and done the mission of the church and witnessed on the streets of my hometown and I found Jesus. That is the bread and butter of the jam and the peanut butter of the Christian mission to bring good news, to change lives. That's what Willow Park is all about. It's about changing lives. And when we sow, we sow a little, we're amazed at what comes back. We're amazed at the results. We're amazed that the lives changed because we're not weary of doing good. Is it worth it? It really is worth it. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Do not give up on the church. Do not give up on your faith. Jesus spoke about the church. He established the church. Paul is saying, Galatians, don't give up. You know, you're you're messed up, you've got problems, but you're the greatest hope for Turkey. Get there. Get going. Go for it. And the final verse now. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. This is what we do. We give and we do good to all people through the church. Why? Through our missionaries, through our orphanages, through our ministries, through all that we do, through our discipleship, through our prayer meetings. But we do good. Your prayers, by the way, at Willow One Prayer, changed the spiritual atmosphere in this city. Your prayers, Willow Park Church, has planted other churches in this city. Your prayers, your sowing those prayers, has made such a difference in this region, has kept... Events like Rush Alive, I was just thinking it was only a matter of weeks ago that I was preaching at Rush. And hundreds of young people giving their lives to Jesus. There's a lot of talk about different generations. They say, well, millennials, they don't give. Like young people from other generations and Gen Xers, they have this attitude and baby boomers have this and lots of... uh, Opinions by sociologists. Can I ask you whether you're a teenager. A young adult. a Child listening. A man. A woman in their middle age. Whatever generation you call yourself are. Our giving is not to do with society and culture. And generations. Our giving is generously is to do with being biblical Christians and believing that the church is the answer for this world and that gospel preaching churches and ministries make all the difference. So I can't skirt the issue. Martin Luther didn't really want to preach about it and and it was tough. And when we go right back to where we started and we look at verse 6, you know, I've read lots of theologians about it, lots of ideas. But it's a little uncomfortable for pastors to talk about this stuff. But you in Creekside, Glenmore Community, South Community, Highway 33. Both Saturday night, Sunday morning and Pursuit. Can I just encourage you in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of, well, coming to the end of Galatians is that to give and to be generous changes the world. Jesus believed in the local church. The Apostle Paul believed in the local church. Do you believe that the local church, out of all institutions in the world, is the most unique institution? I do, because I believe it is God-ordained and that the very gates of hell cannot stand against the church. That the church is an agent of blessing and change in this world. And I think that's why the apostle said to Galatia, hey, support the ministry of your local church. Well, next week, the sermon, and Pastor Glenn's bringing it, is on the power of the cross. It's a good message. But now, are you willing to live and to sow and to reap a harvest that will affect eternity.
0: Thank you, Pastor Phil, for that incredible message from Galatians. I'm so thankful that Jesus loves his church, that places attention upon his church, and encourages us to do so as well, supporting and generously giving. And again, you can continue to do that by clicking any of the links. A few years ago, a good friend of mine, Lyndon from South Church, he said this statement to me, and it's always stuck in the back of my mind. He said this, he said that he wants to love that which Jesus loves. And Jesus loves his church, so Lyndon felt the responsibility as well to continue to pressing in and loving the church just like Jesus does. So this week, I encourage you, just as you've heard from Pastor Phil, to look for ways to love one another, love on the church, and believe that the church is going to have a tremendous impact in this difficult time. We pray you have a wonderful week and uh, that you'll just feel the presence of God in all that you do. And we will see you maybe in a Zoom room if you're going to go to there now in your different campuses. Uh, we'd love to see you maybe in a Bible study this week or whatever other activities that we have going. We pray that you will just experience the presence of God throughout. Have a fantastic week and God bless.